Hello and welcome to Reggie'sTake.com podcast number 18. Whose side are you on? Team Iron Man or Team Cap? We might be talking about Civil War. Uh, Marvel's latest movie will be coming out soon. Joining me today is my resident comic book expert, James from The True Believers. Hello. How are you today? Pretty good, although I don't know if I'd consider myself an expert. Well, compared to me, you're you're an expert in my book, so we'll go with that. So basically what we're doing, this is, uh, we're doing like we did with the Batman versus Superman. Crossover. A crossover. Reggie is Team Iron Man. Man. I'm Team Captain America. You know, sort of like North and South. I'm for the side of freedom, and uh, you're for the side of tyranny. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, at least I have a cool cool suit of armor, though. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> With all the gadgets and, and all the cool toys. I'm just kidding. Iron Man's a great character. Uh, today we're, do- we're talking about Iron Man. And actually, like, picking between Iron Man and Captain America is very tough. They're both incredible characters. I'd hate to say it, but picking between Batman and Superman, like... Was it probably easier? A little easier. I love Superman, but, like, Batman is just... Before we get too far into uh, Civil War, and this is kind of more Marvel stuff, but um, let's uh, retouch just very briefly on the, on the Batman versus Superman movie, the fact it dropped off week to week. Boy, in the first, you, in boy, the, in the first our prediction weeks. was wrong on it being Easter. Oh, yeah. Because we thought it was just because it was Easter Sunday. Boy, were we wrong. But uh, that movie still... I guess we're not experts. I mean, that movie has still made, at least in the U.S., over $300 million domestically, and it's already taken in more worldwide than what uh, Man of Steel has on both fronts. Uh, That's just due to an incredible opening weekend, mostly and worldwide sales but like that drop like that's something else like mm-hmm. that is inexcusable in my book like you you know that there's something something wrong to the point where a lot of people don't want to see it twice or they tell their friends that they don't want to see it i mean it's batman and superman this should have been a shoe in uh, yeah you this, know? this like, should have been a billion dollar made movie. as much money as star wars i think dc is really needs to reevaluate how they do this because that this should have been such an easy cash grab for them and i mean they've made a lot of money but still like it should have broke records now uh justice league has started filming and mm-hmm. they have added an oscar actor to play commissioner gordon yes in JK that's jk simmons. simmons guess who else is in this movie you're not gonna you don't know who they just announced it yesterday willem dafoe oh yes i did see that I so see while it. we're at it let's just uh let's just bring in james franco and kirsten dunce and everyone else <laughs> like let's just bring in everyone rosemary harris is still alive i think let's bring her in gosh like i, I i'm starting to think that is it really warner brothers or is it more sax it's Zack snyder he's the ultimate troll like he needs to it's just like the jesse eisenberg thing like ah no one will or even ben affleck like he he picks actors that he knows that people will be questionable about and now it's like no one's questioning how good jk simmons or willem dafoe are everybody loves them but like the thing is it's like really we're taking the whole cast from the original spider-man now that is so weird yeah like somebody get this man out of (laughs) here Well, like, I, like, get them out. And the like, only the only really good thing so far that's come out of this, as we've talked about on, on our on our review, the movie is not as bad as it, a lot of the critics have made it out to be. Yeah, it has its issues, it has its flaws, it is watchable. Oh, it's watchable. But yeah. it, the one good thing that has been recently announced was Warner Brothers is planning on for sure doing a solo Batman movie with mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. So, I, and my guess is there's two open dates that they haven't put. I think one of them's 2018. I'm guessing that's probably where um, the solo Batman movie. Will will come into play so it would be after as, justice league i think it's after the first justice league movie 
Okay, we were talking last time, and I, I was re-listening to our podcast, because that's what I do. Th- that was the first time we saw it for both of us. Right. And, you know, I gave it a C. I have I'm not- still sticking with my original rating, but... Have you gone back and seen it a second I time? Have. I have. I did not. I have. Um, I've been too busy with my own life, real life, to have to have a chance to go back to see it. I gotta tell you, I didn't like it as much the second time. Like, I really liked it the first time. The second time, I still don't think it's a 30%. Like, uh-huh. that's ridiculous. The second time... Like, somehow I did not notice how many people Batman kills, like, the first time. Like, did you notice? I, like, I think I just shut my brain off to that. But it's like... I'm, I'm going to wait now till the uh, till it comes out on, on Blu-ray and yeah. with the theatrical version and the R-rated version. And I'll, I'll probably watch the... Uh, theatrical version the second time then and then then go back and then watch the uh, r-rated version i'll tell you what the 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 fight scenes are are incredible like those are really good i really don't think it's a great movie and i think that it's um i think now that the dust is cleared and i've been able to see it a second time like i think it's time to let Zack snyder go like we have one more movie with him but after that get him out of here well as i said in our on our last podcast suicide squad and wonder woman get really good reviews by the critics and our box office successes and and then just that first Justice League movie gets the same type of reviews as Batman versus Superman. Oh, he's and, gone. And, yeah. and then has the same type of box office results. Warner Brothers has got to look at pulling him off out of the director's chair. Regardless of what Zack Snyder may feel or how much Warner Brothers may want to try and keep him a part of the whole franchise, which you still can as, as a producer and an overseer like Kevin Feige. They do not need him to be their Kevin Feige. So. I, I'll tell you that much. He almost is their half-ass Kevin Feige. Like even though he's not producing any of those other movies, I mean, he, like, he he may know he may know the DC universe, and he may be an enthusiastic comic book lover of, of that realm, and, mm-hmm. and that and that's great. And he wants to try and do right by it, which I have no doubt that's what he's trying to do. But I think he tries his visions wrong. I think I think he's is. also trying to do too much. I mean, because I also read recently too where his initial cut of the movie was after filming was four hours. And that's like, wow, how much filming are you letting him do? No, it's like, no wonder that movie was so high-priced and budget. Zack Snyder's crazy. Uh, gotta say, like, I think it's insane that Warner Brothers has put so much stock into him. Yes. Fact of the matter is, he's had a questionable record the whole time. Mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, people didn't like the running zombies. Watchmen good movie but it's it's got a bunch of issues all the slow motion and all like it definitely has some stuff that doesn't feel right uh the over glorification of the violence in Watchmen was a bit if you read the books like yeah there's blood and violence of course but like it never feels like it's glorifying it Mm -hmm. it just feels like it's there for a purpose whereas on the Watchmen there's like a lot of scenes where like they show like way too much bones crushing out of the leg and and it's like you know like felt like he was glorifying that which is okay but for a story that's supposed to be like analytical and very adult you don't really want that in there so yeah like 300 was it was his best thing but that's just because the source material is kind of in line with what it is it's Mm -hmm. like a bunch of bunch of awesome guys beating people up like (laughs) i mean that's what he's good at that's what frank miller's good at but yeah it, it is odd that they put so much stock into him um i think 
And I don't hate Zack Snyder, but I think it's time to let him go. We'll see what happens after Justice League, but I mean, we're two movies in and I like both of the movies, but I'm not sold on them. And to not be sold on a movie on a huge uh, multi-franchise like what DC's trying to do, to not be sold yet when you're two movies deep is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so... Do you remember on Thor, the first movie, how... Uh, there is a scene, it's a small cameo with, uh, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Right, when he's trying to get in to get back the hammer. Now, here's the deal. Unless you know that Jeremy Renner's gonna play Hawkeye in the Avengers, that Easter egg goes over your head. In fact, like, I... See, I didn't even put two and two together until I saw him in an Avengers. Yeah. And then I realized, wait a minute, I saw him in Thor. Yeah, somebody Aha. told me, somebody told me that he was Hawkeye. And I knew who Hawkeye was as a character. I didn't put two and two together either now that is how you subtly drop in a character yes yes that's how you do it right um you don't need to have like all four characters from the next four movies on a computer Computer screen screen. that you're watching make it subtle like subtext yeah that's my two cents on that I'm still sticking with my C rating, although, yeah, I'm still sticking with it. That's what I gave it the first time. That's what it deserves. I I, I think non-comic fans who are not as familiar with the source probably got more enjoyment out of it than than the hardcore fans that probably really nitpicked it. I kind of consider myself in between. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. I also don't think that movie is as rewatchable a second time as like Star Wars. No, and that's the thing with Zack Snyder is he's an incredibly gifted visual artist. Watching it the second time, I mean, there are shots, not just the fight scenes, but there are shots of Superman flying that looks like they could have been painted. They look like they could be paintings and they're just absolutely like he's really, really good at that. He's terrible at storytelling, though. That's kind of the problem. Uh, There's a really interesting article. I wish I could find out where I found it. It kind of talks about you know an analytical look at all of Zack Snyder's stuff and they they're they're not bashing him but it, it's analytical so I, I really like it I just thought we quickly touch on the Batman versus Superman since you know it, it kind of went downhill so quickly mm-hmm. and and we thought initially the the drop off on that Sunday its opening weekend was because of Easter which at the time made sense to both of us but it just continually has dropped yeah i don't more think it was more of Easter. i think more. we were wrong yeah i think so. i think it's partially due to bad word of mouth and partially due to like people don't really want to watch it a second time right it's one of those movies like yeah it i kind of i saw it it was it was it was good it necessarily wasn't great it was enjoyable but do i want to go back and pay another 10 bucks to see it a well, second time no i don't know i mean um i enjoyed it i i don't think that's speaking for everyone like i know a lot of people who saw it and just really hated it so i mean and they're not like picky people people i mean it just kind of i think it just kind of i don't know it leaves a leaves a yeah it leaves a bad taste in the mouth you know i i don't want to knock it i mean if you like it you like it right like everyone's got their own taste everyone's got their own opinions it's just so so dark it's so dark and grimy and gritty i think there's dark and then there's dark and i think that's kind of the problem you know people want to go to a movie and then you wind up seeing a, a state capitol being blown up and there's really no resolution about it like yeah. I mean, they all those really, people died, and Superman doesn't really do anything about. It. Like, yeah, by the grace of God, like he finally catches Lex Luthor at the end, but more with Bat- Bat- Batman's Batman's help. Than yeah, anything. I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, so we're gonna move on then to our quote topic of this podcast with this latest Marvel movie coming out, which is 
the early reviews for this movie is just getting high, high praise. Really? Everyone's Good. saying this movie's great. Uh, a lot of critics are saying this is probably going to be, this is Marvel's best to date. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking 10, 11 movies in, that's got to be saying something. If you can still get the praise of this, this is probably maybe their best one to date. At least, you know, Marvel hasn't peaked yet in, in a certain sense. We're going to kind of deal with Iron Man and the whole heroes backing Iron Man, at least in the movie universe. And we're going to touch a little bit about on their comic side as well. Uh, obviously, the comic side and what they're doing in the movies obviously differs because just in conversations with you and then from also with what I've read over the over time that the uh, Civil War in the comics was more or less dealing with identity and who they were and coming out into the open to where in the movies it's more or less being held responsible to put it in short terms. Yeah, and by the way, since this is Team Iron Man tonight, I have to say, I just love how in the last movie in Age of Ultron, Avengers 2, Iron Man goes behind everyone's back, builds an AI system. With the help uh, of Banner. Whatever. Yeah. But builds an AI system without telling anybody to protect the world in the image that he sees fit. Turns out the AI goes rogue. Goes rogue. Nearly destroys the world. And now in this movie, he's the one telling everyone, we have to be put in check. Classic Tony. He's the only one that needs to be put in check. The rest of them have the rest of them have been following the now, rules. Now, I don't know if you want to discuss this on this podcast or if you want to save it for your true believers, but obviously the Hulk is nowhere in this movie. Will not be in this movie. I don't know if they will make reference to him in this movie, but I wonder what side Banner would technically fall under before we get too far into all all this. What side do you think he'd fall under? Starks or Caps, in your opinion? I don't know. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I, I'd have to see the movie first before I can... In I, my opinion, probably Cap. Even though him and Stark seem to be friends and, and get along? I think that Banner is smart enough to know that the Ultron thing was a huge mistake, and of course, maybe that's why he'd be on Tony's side, but like, maybe he's just like fed up with Tony's crap, because like every... Because if you look at it, just about every movie with the exception of maybe the first avengers it's usually tony's fault it's usually iron man's the one that starts the problem if you like really pay attention to him Mm -hmm. it's really kind of interesting so i think after a while i'd quit hanging out with the guy i mean i'd hang out with him but like not enough not have an idealistic battle i don't know i i'm not gonna say whether or not i think hulk would be on one side or the other i think that's why they got rid of him i don't think he'd be able to pick a side honestly i think i think that's why the writers got rid of him that and hulk and thor fighting in asgard would be so awesome and i mean honestly like if we're if we're doing those hypotheticals probably the first person they lock up would be bruce banner if they have to put each other in check and if they're working with thunderbolt ross so yeah i don't think bruce would probably be one of the outcasts along with cap that he's the first one that they're gonna lock up right uh now iron man uh, made his first appearance in uh march of 1963 in the issues of Tales of Suspense, one number 39. That's right. Uh, obviously, Tony Stark is a billionaire playboy, uh, a business tycoon, and, and an engineer. How about you give us a little bit? Uh, well, of, uh, he of, was actually, Stan Lee actually modeled him off of Howard Hughes. And he also created him to kind of also commentary on society and, and war and all that, I believe, correct, at the time? Yeah, in a certain sense. Yeah, maybe. In a certain sense. Probably. His way of kind of. Like, well, I think, like, 
Yeah, I've I've read before that he wanted to create a character. I read before that he wanted to create a character that was um, characters tended to be liberal ish, so to speak, <laughs> and he wanted to create a more Republican style character to make his liberal fans mad. I've read that. I don't know if it's true. Um, it, like it just as a joke. I don't know if that's true. Like I don't have that quote in front of me. M- more than anything, he was he was based off of Howard Hughes, who was like a a tycoon, a mogul. He was an engineer and like a genius, but he was also, I don't want to say crazy, but eccentric. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Tony Stark's, Tony Stark also has a lot of eccentricities. On the one hand, when he's younger, he's cool, but then like as he gets older, he gets weirder. <laughs> so I like that. Now, um, see, he gets, see, Tony Stark in the original gets uh, shot down in, like, Vietnam or something. Um, um, what I have here says uh, Stark suffers a severe chest injury during a kidnapping in which captors attempt to force him to build a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Uh, he instead creates a powerful suit of armor to save his life and escape captivity. Uh, later, Stark augments his suit with weapons and other techno- technological devices uh, he designed through his company Stark Industries he uses the suit and successive versions to protect the world as Iron Man we'll see um, it's it's just like the movie except instead of the Middle East it took place in Asia yeah in Asia probably Vietnam would be my guess because it was the 60s right but who knows but um that's kind of it right there and like there's a weird theme in those early those early Iron Man's and you look at his two number one villains in those early ones are the Mandarin and the Crimson Dynamo. Uh, Crimson Dynamo, by the way, is one of the characters that Mickey Rourke's character on the movie is loosely based on. He's he's a mix between Whiplash and Crimson Dynamo. So, and Black Widow was another one of Iron Man's big enemies originally. She was a villain. So right there, you've got Chinese and two Russians. Like obviously, <laughs> Iron Man's villains were obviously communists not only commies but also foreigners so there's this weird theme when you read the old iron man's it's almost like a little off-putting in a way but like iron man represents the great industrialized Mm-hmm. nations especially america his biggest threats are these foreigners that are trying to steal his seat. see uh, while at first concealing his true identity initially iron man was a vehicle for stanley to explore cold war themes yeah particularly the role of of American technology and business in the fight against communism, which you just basically uh, said there. Later reimagining of Iron Man ha- have transitioned from Cold War themes to contemporary concerns such as corporate mm-hmm. crime and terrorism, yeah. which is basically what they dealt with in the movies, terrorism. Throughout the character's publication history, Iron Man has been a founding member of the Avengers and has been featured in several incarnations of his own various comic book series. He's also been adapted for animated TV shows, obviously probably best known as being portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. in the movies. He's appeared in the movies, Iron Man himself, in obviously the first movie in 2008. He had a very quick cameo, Stark did, in a Incredible Hulk in 2008, plus his Iron Man 2 and 3 and both Avengers and, of course, um, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most likely, we probably won't see Stark again until sometime during the Affinity Wars. And, of course, who knows what kind of enemies he's going to create in Civil War or how long, long-lasting long those um, repercussions will last. 
It's really interesting that uh, Captain America three is Civil War. It's interesting that they. I'm surprised they didn't do a a, just a a kind of a Avengers kind of a standalone um, Cap movie dealing more with Bucky as well, and then somewhere down the line had just a Civil War movie before you got to the Infinity Wars. It's really odd, but I guess it's the same. I guess it's you know. I mean, I guess like because it's almost from what I keep reading, it's almost like yeah, it's the third Cap movie, but in a certain sense you can almost look at it as also almost a, like a fourth Iron Man movie in the same in the same yeah. sense from what I keep hearing and but reading. I, I'm and sure that I'm sure that this is still done more, from Cap's point of view. I'm gonna guess it's probably also more you know Captain dominated in the movie as well. Uh, there's been some clips obviously floating around the internet uh, showing a little clips of the movie, which so far look really really good. I'm stayed away from them. Being me and who I am, I've looked because none of them really to me have given away anything of anything insignificant or, or would be a major ooh I, maybe I shouldn't have watched that so as far as that goes Iron Man has been ranked uh, as number 12 on IGN's top 100 comic book heroes I did not list mm-hmm. or look to see who else I've was above or below him oh so. you know what I've seen that list and I'm pretty sure it goes something like Superman Batman Spider-Man the obvious those are the three and I think Daredevil Wolverine Wonder Woman and Hulk or Captain America, those are all ahead. I'm not sure who else would be ahead of him, but those are all ahead. And I know I, um, I've seen I've seen that list before, and it, it's uh, it's a good list. I, I mean, it's kind of the list as great as Iron Man is. Like I mean, in, like in 12 out of 100, is pretty good. So I mean, you know, he's not. He just barely didn't make it to now, the top ten. Now, would you say Iron Man's kind of the uh, Marvel Marvel's way of kind of mimicking Batman in a certain sense, being that he is a billionaire? sense in you a know certain, it's certain easy ways. to it's easy to say that and would you agree or disagree with that i'm not sure i used to think that that he was that iron man was just a total rip off of batman and but i'm not sure i'm really not sure i i think that stanley ripped off dc a lot but i almost think that this one might have been a little more subconscious like i think he was trying to do a howard hughes thing i think he might have ripped off okay having jarvis and by the way jarvis was not a computer Originally, Jarvis it was, uh, a, was butler. a butler. So in the comics, he may be more... Jarvis is a total ripoff of Alfred. Other than that, other than him being a billionaire... Okay, there are a couple things that I will say that Stanley <laughs> ripped off. Uh, him having a secret identity is a total ripoff of Batman, especially given that... So he did a little bit, but not, not as much as people think. The whole thing about... Uh, Iron Man having a secret identity. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's baffling that Stanley did that, given how. And I think you've made he ma- made such a big deal about because fanta- he came out with the Fantastic Four first, and he made such a big deal about how this is a new and different superhero group. They don't have secret identities. Everyone knows who they are, and they're like it's more about the people, and it's not about all that crap that it used to be about. And then right away, he gives Thor and Iron Man secret identities, which in the movies they haven't really. They've kind of stayed away from that, which is you said it. It's was, good. Was a good it's thing. Good. The only characters that need a secret identity are Spider-Man, and he does need it. Like you, pretty much ruin the character if he doesn't have it. Now, obviously, it sounds like maybe in the movie that the X-Men, all- the X-Men are they're covert. They have secret identities, but in all the Fox movies, none of them wear masks. But whatever. Like, and actually, in the comics, none of them wear masks. But whatever. They're they're covert, so it's semi-secret identity. But like, other than that, oh, and Daredevil. But like, for the most part, like they 
really don't need secret identities. Like, the Hulk, like, eventually somebody's going to have to figure out who he is. And, you know, like, Iron Man certainly did not need one. So, in that regards, having his own Alfred and having a secret identity. And being a billionaire. Regards, I wouldn't even say the billionaire part. But in those two regards, he they do kind of rip off Batman. I think the reason why they did the secret identity was because it was easier for him to write. Because he knew what he was doing with that. That's the thing. Iron Man, Tony Stark really is one of the most interesting characters. And you got to give it, you got to hand it to Stan Lee. Stan Lee really did. Now, was Stan Lee but one behind the uh, one particular issue where they deal with his drinking? No. Or, or is that somebody else? No, I I don't remember who that, that was. Because uh, I know that was like, what, in the early 70s? Late 70s. And then, actually, that goes on throughout the 80s. That comes back. Like, he doesn't just quit. Like, he quits and then starts again. Which is realistic. I mean, mm-hmm. like, people don't just quit and then they're fine forever. Right. So uh, that was, I want to say that was Roy Thomas, but I could be wrong. I might be wrong, so I'm not going to say that. Those are really good. The Demon in the Bottle storylines, those are those are some of the best issues. Yeah, but, um, you know, he really is just one of the most complex characters. And you got to hand it to Stan Lee, because he really added, like, I mean, he wasn't writing Shakespeare, but he, he did add a level of complexity to superheroes, which hadn't been there before. Superman and Batman were not, prior to the 60s, Superman and Batman were not were not reluctant heroes. They were not tragic heroes. You know, they didn't have flaws. Uh, you could almost say somewhat Batman technically does have flaws, but maybe they didn't. Not expl- back then. But back they didn't then he was like- always... No, 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 no. Back then, Batman was always smiling and stopping criminals and helping Robin. And, like, he was very much, like, the perfect guy, just like Superman was. Even in the early ones, when it was when it was a lot darker, you know, the the early Batmans were, were very dark, but they weren't, um, they weren't, like, well-developed characters. They weren't well-developed enough. Like, it was just like, oh, here's a guy dressed as a bat shooting people. I mean, that's all there was to it, you know? So, like, and I'm not gonna say Stanley was the first, but he was the one who really, really focused on making sure his characters had flaws and personalities, and, you know, and Iron Man is one of the most flawed of them all. Like, he really is. Tried to make the superheroes seem more human and yeah. more relatable than yeah. than someone like a, a Superman would be. Yeah, and Iron Man is by far one of the most flawed. Now, the problem with Iron Man comics, Iron Man has always been one of the best characters in Marvel. Uh, his comics, I've always felt like, you know, give or take a few, like the, the Demon in the Bottle story were are really good. Uh, Extremis is okay. A lot of people really like Extremis. It's, it's good. Um, now, for those who may not be familiar, your extremist deals with in the comics extremist was a 2005 storyline it kind of retooled it did not reboot but it retooled iron man like they they changed they actually changed the setting of when he got attacked to the middle east okay because you know is is that what the, what they used kind of then to base on the 2008 movie? a little bit yeah a little bit the problem with extremist though is uh ellis was the writer and he's good but he tends to be kind of humorless like he's a really good writer but he's very serious uh-huh. and he said that he wasn't familiar with Iron Man comics when he wrote it uh, which is kind of cool because they just bring in somebody cold to kind of change the setting like they gave him enough to know like they gave him the first couple issues and told him what happened kind of like someone with fresh eyes fresh yeah. start and, th- and that's kind of cool but he's not uh, but he's very serious very somber his stories tend to be serious and somber and you know Marvel any Marvel without humor and that's especially 
talking about Iron Man. Like, I mean, it, it does it it does come off as a little humorless to me, and I I that's why I don't really care for it. And then it also does that two thousand early two thousands thing where they meet an aging as some guy who's an aging hippie who knows everything and it's like oh my god shut up that goes on for like three pages of this hippie just he's like supposed to be some big guy i forget he's like supposed to be some former something but he's a hippie now and he's old and he's telling tony stark the problem with all the world and it's like just stop now i know you sent me a bunch of uh pdfs on the uh some Iron Man comics, mm-hmm. and I didn't really get a chance to go through them as, as much or, or really like I'd like to. What would you say for someone who who wants to try and get Iron Man familiarized themselves? What would be a good one to start? Extremis is a good one to start with. Um, that you know that it it's it's modern. The art's good, really good, I and mean, it's really well written. I wish there was more humor in it, but it's really well written. I I would say that's a good one to start or Demon in the Bottle from the 80s. The problem with the Demon in the Bottle stuff is like it is the 80s, so like there's some weird stuff in there. But um that was the one that I always read when I was a kid. Yeah, if I were starting anything with Iron Man, I'd start with Extremis. Um the early stuff, the earliest Iron Man like those first couple years when he was still in Tales of Suspense were um, pretty bad. You know, one minute he's fighting like Anton Vanko and Black Widow, and then the next issue he's like traveling to the center of the earth. Like they couldn't figure out if they wanted this to be like serious or goofy, so it just is mm-hmm. all over the place. So the first couple of years aren't too great, but it picks up. Yeah, but I would say like the the extremis is the one to read. Um and actually I kept saying that extremis is the one where he reveals his identity but i'm wrong like i reread that like he reveals his identity a few years before that like in 2002 and i forgot about that since since we're talking about civil war and we're, we're kind of really kind of talking about civil war in the sense of, of the movies and also the comics civil war in the comics was the storyline uh after the actions of an inexperienced superheroes the new warriors result in the destruction of several city blocks including the elementary school and Stanford, Connecticut. There is an outcry across America against superhumans. Uh, learning of the government's proposed plans, Tony Stark suggests a new plan to initiate a superhuman registration act, which I believe in uh, the movie it's uh, was it? they're calling it the one town that got, got destroyed in uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron the Slovakian Accords or whatever it is. Oh, yeah? yeah I think that's what they're calling it in, in, the, in the movie, hmm. not the Superhuman uh, Registration Act. Well, uh, there aren't as many superheroes in the movies. You're right. Um, the act would force every super-powered individual in the U.S. to register with their identity with the government and act as licensed agents. The act would force inexperienced superhumans to to receive training in how to use and control their abilities, something in which Tony strongly believed. Uh, since his struggles with alcoholism, Stark has carried a tremendous burden of guilt after nearly killing an innocent bystander while piloting the armor drunk. Have you read that particular issue? Yes. Is that good? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, there was that... Was that, was that in the 70s? That would that be the done? 80s. Or no, that 80s? That was the Demon in the Bottle one. It's really funny. Like, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be serious. See, like, he's operating his his. But it comes across funny, and maybe unattended. For me, it does, okay. yeah. Because it's like, oh, there's there's Iron Man, like, barely seeing straight while he's <laughs> flying around. Uh, Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four and Dr. Uh, Hank Pym both agree with Stark's proposal. Unfortunately, not everyone does. 
after Captain America is ordered to bring in anyone who refuses to register, he and other anti-registration heroes go rogue, coming into conflict with pro-registration heroes led by Iron Man. The war ends when Captain surrenders to prevent further collateral damage and civilian casualties, although had defeated Stark by defusing his armor, Stark is appointed the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and organizes a new government-sanctioned group of Avengers. Shortly afterwards, Captain America is assassinated while in custody. This leaves Stark with a great amount of guilt and misgivings about the cost of his victory, and he tearfully states that it wasn't worth it. He serves as one of the pallbearers at the memorial service for Captain America. Now, obviously, the movie's going to differ a whole lot, you know, based on what's going on in the movies. I wonder if Captain America gets killed. Well, like, see, there's, they there's killed there's, Superman in the. I mean, there's the there's there's a lot of rumors. I'm almost thinking that maybe Cap ends up in that jail-looking facility at the end because, and now the trailers could be completely throwing you off base. But you know, you see Stark. You know, his face looks pretty beaten up. His arms in a sling, and he's in looks what looks like to be in that prison and visiting somebody. I almost want to say if they don't kill off Cap, Cap's imprisoned. Yeah. If nothing else. Now, as I said, the trailer can be completely throwing us off in that regard. So the who thing knows? that's interesting about the Civil War comics, and, I, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of them. I thought it was an interesting idea, but I don't know. And I, I, like, I want to reread it. I, but, I know they've been coming out here recently with, what, a Civil War two, but I haven't read much on it. On, of course they are. With uh, what, what exactly they're doing. When they that. do crap like that, it's like... It's just, just to keep up with the movies. Now, with Civil War in the comics, the whole the was whole that, uh, was that a big defining moment for Marvel, or or was that just something that it was a big it was a it was a big deal. Um, I don't think it was a defining moment. It was a very large large scale, um, kind of like something like crossover, kind of like what the Nightfall series would have been for Batman in a sense, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I still wouldn't say it was as big. Yeah, maybe. But um, see, the thing about Civil War was uh, they had to do something to get because they were working on that big story so they had to like do something to get the media involved so guess who takes off his identity spider-man which is terrible I mean, I don't know. It's like, it either is terrible or it's not. This guy's been in college for 40 years. Like, maybe we should move this story along now, and maybe this is the best way to do it. But that's the problem. Like, everything always goes back to status quo. So, like, if you do something that big to a character, you have to follow through. And they they couldn't follow through because they didn't know how to write the stories anymore. It's like, what do you do with Spider-Man now that his identity is out? He can't work for the Daily Bugle. Is he going to be an agent? That might be interesting, but, like, now it's like, all right are we gonna follow the same the same theme of of him being kind of a job character where everything where no matter how hard he tries he still fails are we gonna keep doing that or are we gonna actually watch him succeed and ultimately they were like no nah, let's just do brand new day and reboot it the interesting thing about like they do the the superhero registration act first off you know this is pretty much already been done on Watchmen, and Watchmen has already been ripped off by the incredibles Pixar's Incredibles, so we're doing that again. And also, like, even Marvel's done this, the Mutant Registration Act. This is, it's pretty oh, much the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the X-Men. Yeah. 
it's pretty much the same thing. But it, it's a it's an interesting idea of you know your your personal your personal uh, privacy versus the safety of the world. I mean, if you have some sort of weird powers, and I've always thought this with X Men, well, you know, you've got Cyclops who can blow an entire building up just by looking at it, mm-hmm. and you've got Storm who can control the weather. Maybe these people do need to be registered. Maybe they the government needs to know who these people are. But then you start bringing in, well, but it's their it's their personal privacy, and when we start registering people. You know, that's sort of what they did with the Jews in Nazi Germany. And so you get all these philosophical questions being brought up. The problem is, though, like, it ends with them just beating each other up. And, of course, Captain America wins because that, that idea of privacy falls more in line with the way Americans think. <laughs> freedom and freedom of choice, freedom yeah. of speech, and all, all You know, that I other. mean, you know, they, there might be certain countries in Europe or Asia where they'd be like, you know, where they'd say, no, Iron Man's right. Like, we, we need to know what's going on we need to be safe so right but of course since we're in america we're all like well yeah captain america's right like (laughs) privacy but um so yeah now obviously it's it's interesting and i do want to read it again it's very long though but i do want to read it because i think this went on for what two years I'm not sure about. I went on a long time. Uh, the only one I know of for sure, as far as that heavy series was, was the Nightfall series went on for two years in Batman. I'm not sure how long Civil War went yeah. on for. I almost want to say Civil War was only a year, but I could be wrong. Okay, don't quote me on that. So by no means. In the in this upcoming movie, uh, obviously there's only like ten heroes in this battling, and we get our kind of our first look at Black Panther, who looks really cool yeah, so far. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, now you've got obviously Stark, Black Panther. Black Widow, War Machine, and Vision supporting Tony. And then you've got, on the Cap side, you got Cap, Winter Soldier, Bucky, Hawk, Ant-Man, and then Scarlet Witch, and also um, Hawkeye on Cap's side. Now, do you know if all these kind of the same sides in the in the comics, or have they stuck kind of the same uh, sides? I or tell you. Or, I really don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no, that's fine, because I, I didn't really get that few... I didn't do as much homework as I probably should have. It and, was a very convoluted story. Like, I really... I really I never read the whole thing. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I'd read parts of it. I really just didn't like... I was, like, a huge Spider-Man fan, and I really didn't like that, so I just... But, um... I, I, okay, I guess... I, I'm gonna give it another shot, though. My friend has a whole bunch of them I need to borrow. I, I guess on, I guess as far as the movie side, are you are you surprised or not surprised they put uh, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow on opposite sides, or was that kind of a no-brainer for tension? That sounds like... It's like, ooh, like, these two friends... But they're not even lovers, so, like, it, like who cares? Because like in the last movie we find out that he has a wife and kids uh, right like they weren't even like buddies like eh, whatever they weren't but, friends uh, with benefits right right like right right F- fwbs <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense to me though and like you know it, it's actually pretty cool that hawkeye and scarlet witch are on captain america's side because in the avengers in issue 16 which was like 1965 or so when all the other team members left they all leave except for captain america and he becomes the new leader of this new group that he brings in, and that includes Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. So the fact that, uh, so it was those four for like a couple of years. So just the, the fact that it's. And in the age of Ultron, it's almost close, except instead of yeah. Quicksilver, it's 
It's vision. Yeah. I, I like how they they have at least two of the three characters that were Cap's original team where he was the leader. Uh-huh. So, like, I, I like that. Now, the big one, though, is Vision and Scarlet Witch. They were lovers in the comics. Really? Yes. And he is a robot. So, yeah, it's now, that weird. Now, I did find that Vision uh, says here, the metal monstrosity called Ultron created the synthetic humanoid known as the Vision from the remains of the original android human torch of the 1940s, which I have a question about that here in a second. I, I, I've read that, too. I'm not sure if that's true. but Yeah, yeah. anyway, this is, this is what I found online so take this yeah. for what it's worth or at least this is what i could find that seemed the most logical to serve as a vehicle of vengeance against the avengers vision is able to fly and possesses complete control over his his density yeah his mass density yeah enabling him to render himself intangible or extraordinary massive and diamond hard at will mm-hmm. he can partially materialize within another person causing his victims extreme pain that was something i did not know yeah he can phase through objects wow uh the solar cell on vision's forehead which i think in the movies what is is one of the infinity stones i believe yeah Yeah. that's Uh, not how it is in the comics right beams of infrared and microwave radiation with temperatures ranging from 500 to 30,000 degrees fahrenheit (laughs) his first appearance avengers volume one number 57 Mm -hmm. and i think i did that appearance on a show on my podcast way back when I think it was like 2013 or 14, 2013, when I did that one. Yeah, yeah, he was created by Ultron, just like in the movies. The big difference is um, the gem uh, is not the gem on his forehead. It's just a stylish gem that shoots lasers, or apparently infrared. I always thought they were lasers, but infrared and microwave emissions, that's actually pretty cool. But uh, he... Um, now, in the movies, it makes sense being an Infinity Stone because they've always been talking about all these Infinity Stones that have yeah. been out missing, and and they're obviously trying to bring them together for Infinity Wars. Now, in the comics, the Infinity Stone, the um, I believe that's the Mind Stone, was on another character called Adam Warlock. Really? Yes. And he started off... Like everyone else, he started off in a Fantastic Four comic, and then. But uh, if you ever read Infinity Gauntlet, like the two main characters are Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock, and it almost seems like what they're doing to me, it seems like they're making Vision a mix for this particular storyline. Anyway, they're kind of combining Silver Surfer with Adam Warlock into like aspects of their character into Vision. Mm-hmm. I hope to god that uh we can get some good marvel that marvel can get fantastic four because now because like silver surfer is awesome and like i would love to see Silver i I was about to ask you um how much if marvel would have been able to have fantastic four themselves here within their universe how much more fun would civil war possibly be with them involved yeah they could be involved that would have been interesting or would be interesting to see. Yeah. Because that's four more heroes. I mean, who whose side would they would it put them on, or would they split those guys down the middle against yeah. each other as well? It would be interesting to see where they would go with it, but obviously Fox having it and screwed it up, so we have to blame them for it. Yeah, we do. And I've I've also said this. It's like, after after the final Wolver- Hugh Jackman and Wolverine movie, for a long time I was like, well, Fox, you know, they've had some rocky movies, but they're doing a good job with X-Men. Let now Fantastic Four go. You know, we, well, I, I'm I'm not even saying that anymore after the next wolverine movie let x-men go too like they're not gonna i don't want to see fox reboot x-men 
Right. Like, if I'm going to see a reboot of X-Men, I want to see it in, in the Marvel universe. universe. Although, like, as much as I love in, like, that upstate New York mansion that they use on those movies is so cool but whatever i don't care like i mean and it is iconic like it is really really cool but it's like if they're gonna reboot it just let marvel reboot it look at how much money sony's gonna make off spider-man now i think fox needs to look at that and say all right well i don't know if fox is gonna let x-men go they're they more likely do. to let fantastic four go well, before they they'll ever fantastic before they'll go. ever let the x-men franchise go unfortunately yeah they need to let fantastic four go i'd say like do some sort of joint thing with disney sort of like what sony's doing was for spider-man black panther was this show which i really don't know much about black panther but his uh his character at least in the trailers look really cool and from what i've read it sounds like marvel has, and the russo brothers has done a really good job introducing this character cool he's, he's a very good character it sounds like he's also a really kick-ass badass in this movie mm-hmm. uh, coming up as well which makes me kind of curious to see what kind of where they're going to take his solo well, he's basically movie. african batman or African Iron Man, depending on how you look at it. Uh, he's now, a, how he's do you, a genius. He's now, how do you actually pronounce his, his, his real name? Do you uh, know? Uh, it's T'Challa. Okay. That's how I thought you pronounced it. His first appearance was in the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. Volume right. 1, number 52. That's right. All of them come from Fantastic Four, just about. But yeah. And that is like my favorite thing in that particular issue. Now, is his identity... Uh, he looks at the Fantastic Four at the very end, like after they've been fighting for a while, because they're in Wakanda, and obviously he wants them out out so he's kicking their butts and then at the end he's like now i will reveal to you why they call me the black panther and he takes off his mask off and it's like it's a black man <laughs> but it's like yeah he's in africa what do you expect now like, it's so stupid he is the first black superhero not the first black comic book character not the first black comic book hero but the first black superhero you think they will reveal his identity into war or you think they'll keep it secret oh they'll reveal it i i've already seen the picture of it on a poster i think on an internet poster okay i don't know why they would keep it secret they'll reveal it they have to I mean, I don't know. Do you mean to the world, or do you mean to the audience? I just mean for the other superheroes knowing who they are. I don't know. I thought you meant... No, no, I mean, like, you think Stark will actually know who this guy really is, or Cap knows who he really is, in that sense. Like, they already know who each other is, where basically everyone else already knows who each other is, other than Stark maybe knowing only who Spider-Man maybe is. So will the rest know who he is. That's kind of where I was going. Not necessarily will they reveal it to the rest of the world, but I'm just... In that regards of, you know, being a little secrecy here and there between between the groups. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, He looks great, though. He's a a great character. Is Pepper Potts going to be in this movie? Supposedly, I've I've heard where she is supposed to make make a cameo, but I don't know how true or not true. And who knows? They've. They could have filmed something with her, and she ended up on the cutting room floor. So I, right. I, I don't know yeah. if she's not in the movie, and she ended up on deleted scenes. That's always possible. Well, so it's, it's amazing that we're getting Thunderbolt Ross in here. Uh, who played him again? It's uh, uh you would ask that, wouldn't you? No, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's it's amazing that we're getting the Hulk villain in here because no one really liked the Hulk that much. But right. Well, but but it's also in the same sense. It's also nice they're pulling someone other than the Hulk 
character out. Yeah, out I know. Of that that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Because so that's, that's kinda, always been like kind of the redheaded stepchild of these movies. And well, uh, I don't know who else you really pull out of that movie anyway. I mean, you're not going to pull out Liv Tyler's character. Yeah, because, I, I, yeah, I know. You know, so I, I think it kind of makes sense. Obviously, he's no longer with the military. He's obviously doing something with the government since he's always in a suit when you see him in the trailer in Civil War. So obviously, he's moved on from being a general. You would have to assume. I guess. I don't know. Because otherwise, you think if he was still in the military, you think they they would have shown him in a military outfit. So my guess is he's doing something probably for the Department of Defense or, or something, would be my guess. Um, since we're on Iron Man, I thought we'd quickly revisit the three Iron Man movies, which... Goody. Actually, I need to watch those again. I, 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 I want to watch the first one again. I just, it's been a couple of years since I just rewatched Iron Man 2 here recently, yeah. intentionally. They're really good movies. They're all good movies. All Actually, i got to say, all of these Marvel movies are good like there isn't a bad one right there really isn't the worst one is probably incredible hulk but part of that's just retroactive uh-huh. after well they were just trying to get going too well i mean what i mean by retroactive is like after you see avengers and you see um mark ruffalo instead of yeah i know who you're talking about um i can't think of his name then uh like a, edward, edward, just, norton. edward norton you know and then it looks a little worse but like yeah i i mean they've all been really good movies there is the big flaw of the Marvel Universe where a lot of them tend to have a formulaic third act. Like, a lot of people wrongly say that they're formulaic movies, and they're really not. Uh, they're they're all very different movies. You know, the Thor movies are these fantasy tales and Caps, Caps more, more government-grounded well, type of like movies. Well, like, both of his movies are different. Like, the first one is just a World War, War II movie. Right. It's a war movie. Iron Man movies are all, like, 80s-style R-rated action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do, I will say though, so whenever people say, it kind of irks me whenever people say that they have a, their form, you do hear that from time to time that the Marvel movies follow formula. However, I will say, I don't agree with that, but their third acts are typically very formulaic. You know, phase one, almost both Iron Man movies and the Hulk end with an all out brawl and punching and Thor, not so much. I mean, yeah, he's fighting Loki, but it's a little different and Captain America is a little different. Different, but Captain America almost ended to a certain extent, almost somewhat of a downer because he intentionally crashes yeah. the plane. So, but, but then, then like, but, but then, then he, starting with Avengers, there is like the third act formula now of a lot of things flying around, shooting each other, uh-huh. and they kind of all do that. You know that that's the only thing is the third acts do tend to follow a formula, but they they keep trying to get out of it. I don't know. I don't really have too much of a fault with them now with each each iron man movie the first iron man movie grossed 585 million mm-hmm. worldwide the second one grossed 620 almost 600 really? that one did better almost wow. 624 million worldwide and then of course iron man 3 basically almost doubled iron man 2 with are you kidding 1.2 billion Wow. In worldwide sales. So, I mean, with each movie, they kept upping the um, ante as far as making their money. Well, everybody who sees everybody who sees Robert Downey Jr. loves him. And so, like, every time there's a new one, more people see it. Before, like, there were people like, oh, superhero movie. And then they see it on TV, and they're like, wow, this is really good. So then next movie, we're going to go see it. And then it just keeps getting bigger I, and bigger. I think, I think it's part, part of the reason why Robert Downey Jr. keeps getting asked if he's going to do a fourth Iron Man movie. I think so many people want to see a fourth Iron Man movie with him where he's like, nah, I'm not really wanting that. I, I read an interview where he's kind of saying, you know, the reason why he did Civil War was kind of like giving the fans a little bit of a, quote, fourth yeah. Iron Man storyline without having to front I the think whole movie they're gonna be. I think most of these 
actors are going to be done, at least the ones that have been doing it since the beginning, they're going to be done after Phase 1. Well, after Infinity Wars. Or, sorry, after Phase 3, yes. In Phase 4, we can focus on new characters. I don't want new actors, but we can focus on new characters. And new actors playing old characters, but... Right. That's what I meant. Right. I, I know what you mean. You don't want recasting, at least no. not, not at this point. No. And there are so many characters. With The Incredible Hulk, they were able to work out negotiations with Universal. They're doing that with Spider-Man and Sony. Marvel needs to just flat out buy Fantastic Four, and they can make a negotiation with X-Men and get that going, because Days of Future Past was really good. And Apocalypse really could be really good. good, too. It could. I'm not certain about... I think it's going to be decent, but I don't think it's going to be the game changer movie that days of future past was but days of future past was really good i do think already we're losing most of those actors and it's like okay so we rebooted the movie but the reboot we more or less rebooted it with time travel but the time travel wasn't a long enough time to really change things so we still have characters that don't belong in this storyline and that and you know just give it to marvel like (laughs) let them do it let them do the reboot finish up this little fox thing it'll be a classic and then let marvel do it fox can still have the distributing rights who cares i don't know but lawyers and money and you know whatever money and lawyers talk obviously but okay so iron man iron man one if you remember came out in 2008 right right before the dark knight great great summer by the way i thought that was right before that i thought the superhero genre was pretty much dead like it kind of like it made a little comeback with um batman begins well well i would say with spider-man and then batman begins i mean spider-man was huge you know it was making a comeback but i honestly thought spider-man 3 wasn't that great none of the others x-men 3 wasn't was pretty bad I was about to say it wasn't great, but no, X-Men 3 is bad. So, like, those two series are done, and then uh, they both ended on pretty bad notes. And then, you know, aside from that, well, and Fantastic also, Four was bad, Daredevil was bad. In 2006, um, he also got... Um, Superman Returns, Returns was pretty lukewarm. Right. So they weren't going to make any more of those. So, like, I pretty much... And I don't think anyone really expected much out of Iron Man because it got released in. No, I didn't. It got released in May of May second of two thousand eight, yeah. and I really didn't even know much about Iron Man until after it had been out a couple of weeks. And and Iron, before I really, Iron Man was always kind of a. It was like, a quiet, quiet movie. What I don't remember seeing or hearing a lot of press about it before it came out, at yeah. least from what I can remember. Well, Iron Man and the Dark Knight pretty much like we knew there was going to be a batman sequel but those two movies i think gave the um, superhero renaissance like its second wind because mm-hmm. it it seemed like you know it started with i know technically it probably started with a blade and x-men one but in my opinion it started with spider-man then with x-men 2 and like that was the big one and then x-men 2 spider-man 2 batman begins and all the crappy ones and seemed like it was losing a little bit of wind and we got those two movies, and it has been nonstop ever since then. Mm-hmm. Like, it really has been. Iron Man was amazing when it came out. It was amazing because it was... I mean, who thought you could take a guy and put him in an iron suit 
so to speak, and make him relatable well, it was and just fun so to watch. Good. It was it was amazing because like you know he was kind of like, and I I love Batman Begins. He was a lot like Batman, but somehow like he was funnier and he was more. I don't know if he was necessarily more relatable, but he seemed to be more relatable. I I actually think Christian Bale's Batman might be more relatable, but uh, he seemed more relatable, or at least he seemed like someone you wanted to be around. I don't know. It was just there were moments of that movie that were every bit as dark as what Batman Begins was, and then there were moments of that movie that were fun, exciting, funny. Like that movie was really good. I I still think The Dark Knight ended up being better. Oh, The Dark not Knight, not by much, but like I mean, like that was a one-two punch summer. It was an amazing summer for for movies, and you know there were only two big ones. I mean, yes, Hulk was in between, but like there were only two big superhero movies. Uh-huh. When did King of the Crystal Skull come out? Did that come out? That's year. Okay, that was yeah. 2008 as well. I mean, if you look at the box office numbers for the for the Crystal Skull, it did huge numbers as well. It's, it took its hits in the in the in more of the critical side than it really did the box office. And then after side. Iron Man, you had with the Hulk when Tony Stark when Robert Downey Jr. comes in at the end. That was big. Yeah, because it's like, oh, they really are doing this. Uh huh. This isn't just like I always looked at that as kind of them testing the waters yeah but it, it was pretty amazing and then a few years later you had iron man 2 iron man 2 has its fan base um for me it's probably towards the bottom of the mcu movies i like iron man 2 but it you see more of tony stark's flaws i think a little bit you do and he's also trying to deal with he, he thinks he's actively dying which in a certain sense he is but well and i i think another problem that movie had was that was the first time that they were they trying were, to open the world of the MCU and they kind of like almost, they kind of lose track of the actual story. They almost try were forcing things too much a little yeah. bit maybe. Not so much as what DC did with Batman versus Superman. No. But they weren't quite sure how to do it and yeah. do it to where you didn't lose the integrity of the movie. But yeah, that one was good. And then then you had uh then Iron Man three. We've talked a lot about Iron I, Man. 3. I really like Iron Man three. I, I don't have a problem with Iron Man three. I like the movie in, in general. It's just that one one part with the one particular character that we've discussed before that I feel in my book they cheated me, at least I feel sure. In a, in a certain sense. Sure. That, that well I, I felt like that too the first time i saw it and i know a lot of people who still stayed that way but more and more i i really came to like that weird twist as as weird as that was like if you're gonna do that to anyone's villains like earlier i was saying spider-man or spider-man iron man the big problem with iron man as great of a character as he always was he um the secret identity pigeon held him Mm-hmm. It did, because while it might have been easier for Stan Lee to write stories, because in the beginning, with him having a secret identity, because, oh, I can't date Pepper Pox today because I got a secret identity and blah, blah. Like, once you start actually writing better stories, it pigeonholes the character. Like, he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. He has to keep lying to people. And eventually it's like, you know what? He's not Spider-Man. He's not Batman. He's not Superman. He is a crazy egomaniac billionaire let's let him go all out and they finally did and i'm so glad that they did that with these movies the other thing and they kind of make reference to that especially in the first at the end of the first movie like that female report you actually expect us to believe that's it was a bodyguard yeah (laughs) yeah well the other thing the other problem that iron man had in the comics that has always held him back is he really doesn't have very good villains so if you're going to do something weird with 
any superhero's arch enemy, let it be Iron Man's. Even if, like, the Mandarin is kind of cool, but he's weird. He doesn't make sense. Like, he makes no sense. (laughs) So, if you're... So, I mean, it's not like... It's not like they did this to to the Joker or Lex Luthor or, or the Green Goblin or whoever uh, else dr doom it's the mandarin a character who never made sense right it's just just balls out weird and (laughs) like i don't really mind that much and as i said before you know the trailer made it look like the mandarin could be a big badass and you watch basically the first hour of that movie and you're thinking this is gonna be freaking good i can't wait to see how they're gonna deal with this because it looks like they're really gonna put tony in a really hard spot to deal with and then they pull that trevor shit and it just, to me, I felt a little cheated. Oh, yeah. Now, do I feel as bad about it or as upset over it now as I did then? No. But I still feel like I'm still feel like i a little cheated on that. And I, I still you, would have liked to know. I sent you the, the extremist storyline. Right. Aldrich Killian is in exactly one page of that. Uh-huh. He's in, like, maybe two or three panels. Now, see, he's I was writing have... his suicide note, mm-hmm. and then he blows his brains out, and that's it. See, and then the rest of the story, they're like Aldrich Killian made made this made this extremist virus, and it got loose, and he, you know, that's why he killed himself because he was guilt ridden by it. Right. He really wasn't a now, bad see, I, guy. I wouldn't have had a problem if the Mandarin would have been the Mandarin like you originally thought who was the Mandarin and not Trevor and still had Aldrich Aldrich Killian character be kind of his well, I guess kind of I'm, his main henchman. Right, right. I'd have been okay with that, you know, right. him kind of doing his fighting for him, but I still would have liked to seen where they had gone with where I thought they were going with it in the first half story. I oh, yeah. still would have liked to see what, what that would have been. It's weird, but I will say I will say that was the first time in a long time that I had been really surprised in a movie. Like maybe since, and I'm trying to think like if there's a where I just didn't see a kind. I don't even want to say surprised because like you know was surprised. It's like well I was surprised by how much I like Loki and Avengers, or I was surprised by how cool Heath Ledger was. I guess what I'm trying to say is that might be the first time I had ever not seen that coming in a superhero movie like maybe the first time ever because like the Ra's al Ghul thing in Batman Begins saw that a mile away. I didn't really see it the first time. Now, the first time I watched no. it, I didn't see Liam Neeson's character coming back as actually Ra's al Now, after seeing it second and third time, it made sense to me, but I didn't see it initially. I saw that a mile away, although, like, I can't remember if somebody already spoiled it for me or not. I don't remember. I remember not being surprised at all by that. Just a stupid question here. Let's say they would have actually killed off Pepper Potts at the end of the third one, like you thought maybe she was, you know, when she got knocked down. Man, that was a lot of uh, fake death red herrings in that movie. Right. But what I was going to ask, though, was if they would actually let Pepper Potts be killed off, would that made Tony's stance now in Civil War seem more plausible? Sure, I guess. Or at least made his argument. Or, I don't know. It was just one of those... I guess I could see where he could say, you know, maybe we get, we, maybe we need to be in check a little bit because, you know, they I've haven't lost really, someone. They haven't really talked about AIM again in any of these other, like Hydra pops up in like every freaking movie. But right. They haven't brought AIM back, have they? The Ten Rings? Well, a- AIM or the Ten Rings. Yeah, they really haven't. I think AIM and the Ten Rings. AIM is a big organization in the comics. Uh, the Ten Rings. I mean, they made mention of the Ten Rings in the first Iron Man movie. Right, right. But I, I'm... And I think they may, may, may have made mention a little bit maybe in the third movie, possibly in passing. Right. But well, they never in the really... third one, in the third one, AIM, AIM basically was an organization that more or less took the Ten Rings brand, more or less stole, stole that brand and 
kind of frame them for all those bombings. Yeah. That's what, what the purpose of the Mandarin was, was, and then that was supposed to get people all riled up about these Ten Rings guys in the Middle East and their Mandarin friend. I don't, it like, it's actually, in a way, it's actually like really a smart movie. <laughs> it's also kind of a dick move, but it's a very, very, it might be the smartest movie in the whole series. Now, for True Believers, you're going to be talking Team Cap, correct? Team Cap, indeed. Give give us a l- little bit of a preview. Uh, well, well, it's going to be kind of like this, except with Captain America. Are, are, I guess, I guess, are We're you focusing... We're going to comic. It's going to be uh, one of the tales. See, I used to have a bunch of Captain America comics saved, and I can't find which flash drive they are on. So I've got my Iron Man ones on this flash drive, and they um, they have first couple of years of Iron Man. He he was in Tales Tales of Suspense, and the, for for a couple of years they would split those issues. Half the comic would be an Iron Man story, and the other half would be a Captain America story. So I'm doing a Captain America Tales of Suspense story. I might even like thumb through the Iron Man one because it's actually pretty good too. But this one is actually a good story. It's about uh, the Red Skull's sleepers really the sleepers which were drones three drones that he had buried away uh in world war ii they were supposed to go off see this would be a good story to do in the movies actually the the whole thing is they were supposed to go off on a certain date in the future if hitler hadn't moved on and of course hitler didn't win and oops all those drones start taking off now huh and it's pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, Civil War should be fun. Obviously, uh, after Civil War comes out, we're going to do like we did with Batman versus Superman, and and uh, obviously nitpick it to death, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or praise it more than what probably, Bat- I'm probably going to praise, praise this it one more. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I think I know what the I'm uh, the doing. early reviews from the critics on Civil War seem to be ten times better for Civil War than they were for Batman versus Superman, and. Wow. I imagine Ten this... Ten times better than zero is still zero, though. Yeah, well, it's all in how you want to spend the math. But anyway, um, yeah, so you'll be able to catch uh, James's True Believers on Captain America on his True Believers uh, Facebook page and uh, YouTube page. You can always find the link also on my my website, com. Obviously, you can also find James and myself both on Twitter. Go out, see Civil War. Hope you enjoy it. Come back and check out our uh, Civil War review here sometime beginning of May, and um, we'll talk at you later.